Welcome to Sinner Saint Sister. I'm Allison Sullivan, and this is a podcast about sometimes saving the world and sometimes just surviving in it. In the next hour or so, we will nurture our friendships, explore our joy, shake our fists, all while trying to serve our God, and most likely, all while wearing pajamas. I hope you hear something that lets you know you are loved and helps you love one another. Welcome to Sinner Saint Sister. Because of all the bless yous and bless your hearts that get thrown around, I feel like the word blessing has kind of lost its oomph. So when I say that our babysitter Kelly is a blessing, I don't feel like the statement against the reverence it deserves because y'all, our babysitter is a blessing. Maybe the concept of blessing should be like the concept of snow in Alaska. I hear Eskimos have like nine words for it or something. So if this were the case, then the word blessing, you could have a sneeze kind of blessing and then a Kelly kind of blessing. The same, but different. Kelly is this giant sweep of calmness that walks into our house a couple of times a week. Sometimes because I desperately need her, and sometimes because against all odds she finds our house relaxing and loving and a safe place to land. And she is certainly all of those things for our children. Relaxing, loving, a safe place to land. We've loved one another well, our family and Kelly, so well that there's no longer any difference. She is our family. Kelly uses few words. She chooses and uses them wisely. For example, if Kelly were to keep a blog, it probably wouldn't be littered with the all caps and bold and italics and all three that mine is. Her words speak for themselves just as they are. Kelly is just as she is. And she makes you just as you are when you're around her, which I especially cherish for my children. Kelly is a listener and a thinker and a prayer. She is one constant prayer. If she gets angry, she turns right to praying without stopping anywhere else first. And the praying part is not what's shocking once you know her. The shocking part is that she gets mad in the first place. But she does. She's human. But only barely, I'm convinced. I suspect she might be a celestial being. Unfortunately, she can also be a bit of a show-off. I know, it's kind of surprising considering all the saintliness. Many, many times I've called Kelly because I'm dripping in children and there's a bird stuck in the garage and so many things are neglected around here that I think we could have a reality show called Four Kids, Four and Under as a safety no. And she would come to our rescue for one little hour so that I could do laundry or fall into a coma or rescue that bird so that I don't give away the next child that says I need water like I'm tempted to. She saves us. I'm convinced she really saves us. So I call and Kelly comes running. And the kids jump up and down when they see her car pull up. They know she'll give them water. She walks in, hugs me, tells the kids to get their shoes, asks for my keys, and asks when I need them back. Is tomorrow too soon? I ask weakly, and she smiles and says, how about seven? Seth will be home by then, right? And I kiss her feet, and I cry a little, and I flip her a credit card, and then I watch my kids skip to our van. And do you want to know where she takes them? This is the show-offy part. She takes them to church. Church! Kelly goes to daily mass and will often take my kids with her. Voluntarily. She likes it, she says. I'm sorry, what? I say. Do you understand that a good portion of why I feel compelled to go to church every Sunday is because of all the cussing I did last Sunday trying to convince the congregation that my children are not heathens even though one laughed, one threw up, and one meowed throughout the entire mass? I need to pray for myself, I explained to her. But then I can't, because I'm so busy threatening and then bribing and then threatening and then bribing through clenched teeth that there's no time for any conversation with God, and so maybe next week I could beg for mine and my children's forgiveness, I tell myself. But the cycle just continues, because next week the children are still with me. Do you understand, Kelly, that you are doing impossible things with a smile on your face? And if you weren't providing me with a couple hours of free time, do you know how annoying all of this would be? She smiles reassuringly, lovingly. She tells me that daily mass is much shorter than regular mass, because how would I know, and that the kids do an excellent job, and that's probably why. I eye her suspiciously and truly wonder if she is a seraph. 
But even above taking my kids to church without cussing at them, my favorite thing that Kelly does is come over without asking. I love pulling up and seeing her car in our driveway, knowing that she's on our couch working on her computer. I love that she uses our house as a place to study. I love when she graces our dinner table or when we go to lunch without the kids. One night in particular, we pulled into our driveway and the kids saw her car before we did and began to cheer. We walked in and she was in her spot working on an application. She could tell I was tired and asked if I was okay. I explained to her that I hadn't been sleeping well. I told her in broad strokes about a friendship I was worried about. I was worried that I had misrepresented myself, that I had chosen words without enough care, that I was misunderstood, that I had tried really hard to do what I thought was right, but maybe I was wrong. She listened, quietly. She's not one to interject. So I got completely done, and Kelly thought for a minute, and then she said this, It sounds to me that you have acted with very pure and honest and loving intentions. And I think that's all you can do in this life. So maybe now it's time to love like a sunset. And sunsets don't grasp. They don't beg. They're just there. They're just there offering their beauty and the hope of a new day. Sunsets don't grasp. They bring peace. And all of those words that you just used to describe how you feel, those are grasping words. There's desperation in them. Relax. And know you were loving. Offer your beauty. Maybe from a distance, but don't grasp. When Jesus gave the sermon explaining that he was the bread of life and that his disciples must eat his flesh and drink his blood, he lost followers. They left. They turned and left. And he didn't yell after them. He didn't say, wait, let me explain this better. He let them go. He didn't panic. He didn't grasp. He just turned and he looked at his chosen 12 and he said, are you going to leave too? And so I do think it's important to love intensely, she said. But I also think that intensely sometimes means not having much control. But that's okay because then you allow God to have it instead. Maybe that's something that could give you comfort right now. A gape. I looked over at my husband. He was also a gape. A gape. We were a gape. And I don't think I've ever used that word until just now, and there is simply no better word, a gape. We nodded slowly and squinted at her suspiciously. Seth was now wondering if she was a spiritual messenger or celestial being, but I was no longer wondering. After that, I was totally convinced. Seraph, for sure. Have I mentioned that Kelly is 20? As in the number between 19 and 21? 20? This encounter actually happened a few years ago now. At the time, I was too stunned to make any good sense of it. But looking back, I can see why Kelly is so special. It was this. She wasn't just a good listener to those around her, but she listened keenly to herself. She allowed silence and pauses and space in order to think clearly about what was important to her so she wasn't quite so reactionary. She was thoughtful and intentional and resolved instead. She was responsible to herself, to her mind, her body, and her spirit. She paid holy attention to her inner voice and what it was specifically that made her feel renewed in the things that cost her too much. And with that information, she let go of what she needed to let go of, and she embraced what she needed to embrace. And the space that she made for quiet, for prayer, for worship helped her to know which was which. She had good insight about choices that didn't just make her feel good in the moment, but would also make her feel good later. All in all, what I can see now is that Kelly, while taking great care of our family, took great care of herself. And thinking that those two things have little to do with one another would be an oversight. In all my work with college girls, it's not unusual to be stunned by their wisdom. It happens all the time. But what I wasn't expecting was getting such weighty wisdom that I thought only came with time. Something Kelly hadn't had very much of, and something I had had plenty of. 
I realized I had spent a lifetime feeling the mistakes of my spread-too-thin, not-enough-sleep, people-pleasing, working off of a to-do list, but I didn't know how to replace my bad habits for better ones until I watched Kelly live and breathe and pray and think and hold her tongue and take in fresh air and go for a walk and treat herself like the cherished daughter that she was. The years in which Kelly made herself at home in our home helped me to feel at home in my own skin. From the book of 2 Corinthians, with pure heart, clear head, steady hand, when we're telling the truth and doing our best, setting things right, I long for you to enter to this wide open, spacious life. This is my friend Andrea. We've been friends for 15 years. She is a remarkably old soul, as reliable as the day is long, and the world's best thank you note writer. A pure heart, a clear head, her steadiness points me to my spacious life. Hi, Andrea. Hi. <laughs> um, so seeing you sitting on my floor all wrapped up in a blanket with pillows underneath you brings me great joy. We don't get to see each other near enough, but we started our friendship a world away in Japan. And anyone, I said this last time um, interviewing Pamela, but anyone that knows and loves me knows all about the Japan girls, like Ditto. such a staple in my life of um, close friendship and really the nearest thing I've ever had to a sister. Completely. I mean, there was something about living overseas, crossing boundaries, really needing each other that kind of forced this intimacy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's what we were just talking about that last night. It's, um, you know, you move, we, we all picked up and moved halfway around the world by ourselves had no friends, no family, and so our coworkers became our friends, became our family. I mean, we're, we're just family. Like, yeah. we fight like family. Yes. We, we make up, you know, like, yes. we're, we're in it together. We're in it to win it. Um, and you are just such a special friend to me. For so You always have been, but especially now, just in this later stage of life, um, becoming women together. I mean, I feel like we... We're young girls together in Japan, and we partied like like rock stars and traveled like, you know, I don't know, jet setters. And <laughs> but now there's something about our feet being planted so firmly on the ground. Yes, <laughs> that is really fun to do life with you. And you are the person that, whether um, in a time of great joy or a time of deep sorrow, is one of my very first phone calls. Oh, thank you. Ditto. I mean. That makes me teary just thinking about it yeah. because it's, you know, fresh too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're in the, um, I mean, it's been 15, almost 15 years since we met, but I feel like, which is a long time, but it's, it's not just 15 years. I feel like we crammed a lot of lifetimes into that. Yeah. We did a lot of big stuff. It was a crucial 15 years. It, yes, exactly. Like we were young single gals out, you know, sowing our wild oats and traveling and seeing the world. So we did all that. So we traveled all over the world together. But then we picked our spouses kind of together <laughs> yeah, and it had yeah. babies together. We were in the trenches together. You know, all of the big stuff we mm -hmm. did mm -hmm. together and mm -hmm. it, it is. And now it's just, you know, it's... Um, and now, even we don't even necessarily talk that much, but that doesn't matter. If the connection no, yeah. is so right. deep that yeah, and you don't want to take it. You, I don't think you ever want to wipe your hands and be like, "Oh, okay, it's set, it's a done deal," because there is a maintenance oh for sure factor yes, to, yeah. to any relationship. But I guess in a way, I do feel like it's kind of a, a done deal. I mean, yeah, we're like we're godparents of yes. of children, yes. and you yeah. know, so there Our are blood. these yes, <laughs> somehow <laughs> there's these ties that bind for yeah. sure. Well. So one of my favorite things about you is you have always been, and I know that you wouldn't describe yourself this way, and so I want to kick that in the shin, but you have <laughs> okay, always been so steady and so stable and so sane. Like there's, there is a, and I think, you know, at, at during the times that you can be hard on yourselves, one, or on yourselves, your many selves, <laughs> my many personalities. <laughs> Um, one of the things that you, you know, will kind of criticize yourself, that you think you have a tendency to get 
strong, you know, high strung or Mm -hmm. worked up about something. And I, as like your friend, your very close friend, this is where I feel like I know something about you that you don't where, which is like, that might be a fear of yours. You might not want that to be, but you do, you go to a lot of efforts to counter it then because you are so steady. You are so, um, just a very calm voice of reason in my life. And as I've thought about that, like what a neat quality that is, especially during, um, you know, times of trial and distress and all of that. Um, I don't think that it's by, I don't think that it's by accident. I don't think that you were born that way necessarily. I Mm. think that it's, it's an, this is a product of great effort on your part. I think you recognized a tendency in yourself and you worked against it. And so when I was thinking about episodes for this season and I, I knew that I wanted to do self-care, I you were an immediate choice for me. Is that surprising to you? Like what what do you think about all of that? Yes, for sure. It's funny. And all of those things I appreciate and it's kind things to say. And I, I always think of myself, I think I've always been an old soul, mm-hmm. but what I learned from you. So there's a ter- there's a concept in psychology. It's called um, Johari window. And so the idea of it is that if you, you take a window and it's divided into four equal, pa- at the start, four equal panes, and it's known to self, known to others, unknown to self, unknown to others, mm-hmm. known to self, unknown to others, unknown to self, known to others. So it's aspects of your personality. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes some of those windows are bigger than others. Sure, but that yeah, was something I, the way I perceive myself yeah. is high strung, anxious, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, I, from many kind of conversations, you're like, yeah, no, that's not right. Yeah, <laughs> And yeah. so I think it's just, it's a lot of, um, I think that's my, that's how I feel internally, but it is a lot of work, a lot of good coping and learning how yeah. to not... Um, present that way yeah so it's an it's that's how I feel internally but it's working hard to not interesting be, yeah so yeah I, that's really fascinating but you know I you do such a good job at intentional living like even mm-hmm. when we were living in Japan and we're out at the officers club and we're you know living kind of this rowdy lifestyle <laughs> even at a very <laughs> to say the least yeah. but even at a very young age you were able to draw very good boundaries and, and I think we were naturally rowdier than, than you mm-hmm. as this old soul um, at that time in our lives, but you didn't have any problem taking care of yourself in that time. And if that meant that you were going to either say no to the invitation and stay home and read, or if you were going to leave, you were going to go and have fun and invest, but you might leave a little early, mm-hmm. or you just made decisions that protected your person all the time mm-hmm. at a young age. Whereas I feel like me at that age. I don't, I wasn't doing that yet, you know? So, so what are some, when we think about self self care, when we think about intentional living, when we think about the ways that you have kind of worked to calm, you know, these frazzled ends that you feel on the inside, but have worked to, you know, get rid of by the time they are ready to work themselves out. What are some, what, let's talk about that. Let's talk about some of your intentional living. Okay. So I'm going to back a minute because I don't feel like I answered your first question about the self-care thing. Um, I did not, that's something that's very recent that I learned that I, that I'm good at, I guess, for lack of a better word. And what happened for me, um, you know, the big elephant in the room was that I was diagnosed with cancer. And I remember, you know, there are a lot of like light bulb moments in that whole long process. And one of them was a phone conversation I had with a very good friend of mine from grad school. And I I remember her saying to me, just that, she's like, you know how to take care of yourself well. Like you, Mm you know, I, I, she felt confident in my ability and I was like, huh? And then hmm. you said something very similar. Hmm. So it's, that's a divine thing. Like, yeah, okay, you know, time. yes, around the same time. And I um, just that I just kind of like sat with that for a bit. And I and my really my off the cuff was, I don't I don't really know what, you're, what do you what do you mean by that? Like, but then when you hear it more more than once by people that are near and dear to you, mm-hmm. you just kind of think I don't know. I, I've thought about it a lot. So. I'm diagnosed with cancer. I find out um, I have to do chemo and, you know, all this stuff. I had to leave my job um, to do chemo, et cetera. And so all of a sudden I had all this, nothing but time on my hands Mm -hmm. and um, truthful. And I viewed it as a luxury because I knew that there are a lot of people in this world that Mm -hmm. have the same kind of diagnosis that Mm -hmm. I do and have to get up and go to work every day. And I Mm -hmm. had the good fortune that 
my I could just be a, a cancer patient. Um, and so and but I'm a busy person. You know, I, I like being mm-hmm. involved in lots of different things. But what that forced me to do was I had to drop all of these balls and mm-hmm. just some of it was practical. I couldn't be in my job. I couldn't. I was immunosuppressed, so I couldn't be around young kids. You know, so I couldn't. I couldn't do all of those things. Um, so then I'm just sitting at home by myself, being a cancer patient, mm. and it was. Um, I knew it was a gift, but it was an adjustment for sure. So what I think. I've always, I'm a very, um, I have good instincts Mm -hmm. and I'm very um, intuitive. Mm -hmm. But what can happen is when life gets really busy and I have too many balls in the air, I can, um, it's easier to to not listen to that intuition or or to not make the space for the quiet and all of that. Mm -hmm. And through my diagnosis and uh, my treatment, I had nothing but time on my hands. And so I was, that's when I, then, then I pieced together what it was you guys were talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, And it allowed me to reconnect with that part of myself Mm -hmm. um, to do just what, what I needed to do. Right. To back up in this, I should have said this from the beginning, but here we are living in Japan. We're all young and single. And from the get go, we nicknamed you Mother Goose. Like right. you were <laughs> speaking of old soul and yeah. we named you Mother Goose because you were constantly ensuring that we weren't going to make too reckless of decisions. <laughs> uh, you made sure we had our passports with us and didn't leave our curling irons on. But um, so, so, you know, that maturity, I think, has served you well at a younger age than the rest of us, not to mention, and again, I'm kind of going back because I, I should have said this from the beginning, not to mention you are a trained counselor. And so, mm-hmm. um, so not only your maturity, but then the skills that you've gained like professionally and then this diagnosis, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's like, self-care in our 20s or 30s, you know, was kind of maybe an indulgence, you know, mm-hmm. something that might even kind of raise eyebrows, like, like, what are you doing? Yes. Again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then and now, you know, thick in the middle of motherhood, um, you know, it's still something that we can tell that we need, but probably aren't making space for. For sure. But now this third graduation of, but now I've been diagnosed. Right. And it's really kind of. Survival. Right. Survival. It was about healing yes. and getting and getting yes. by well. But what happened, so yeah, 100%. But the other thing, so one of the blocks to self-care is, you know, time or feeling like it's selfish or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so in my situation, um, that's what everyone wanted me to do. They wanted me to do what ever it was I needed to get yes. well. You and so I had, yes, I had full permission to do it. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me a little bit of when you have a newborn mm-hmm. and because you just had a baby and because your only job is to like feed this yes. wriggly sack of neurons, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it was, it's such a sweet time in most mother's recollections mm-hmm. because no one expects I only have, anything from you. Yeah. I have yeah. one job. Yes. Yes, yes, exactly. And so your one job was to take care of yourself, which in my opinion has made you an expert. What are, (laughs) what are things that you did during that time that worked for you? So, um, it's a lot of, it was a lot of, uh, it was a lot of, so, and I'm an introvert by nature, but I, I was trying to kind of tease this out. And I think, um, I think I'm this way by nature, but also I'm trained this way professionally, um, and it's a personality thing, so there are many pieces of it. I'm a good listener, mm-hmm. and not just of others, mm-hmm. but of myself. Mm-hmm. And so it's just getting quiet, or you know, a lot of this, it can be driving in the car by myself, sure. which at this point is a guilty pleasure because <laughs> I have, you know, I have several kids, and it, you know, yeah. quiet, quiet time is hard to get. But um, it was having all the quiet, um, I felt I've always been a reader, which you know about me, but I fell in love with reading again because mm-hmm. I had nothing but time on my hands. Mm-hmm. And so I read a ton and I read things, not mindless readings. I read things that were nurturing to my soul yes. and that gave me um, just something to think about and focus about in a positive way. Um, the being anytime I can be near the water, whether it's the ocean, mm-hmm. a stream, whatever, that's a bath. Really, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Let's face it, a bath. Um, that's really healing to me. I'm I'm drawn to it. Um, having good, healthy boundaries is really mm-hmm. important, mm-hmm. and that too with the cancer piece was I 
I gave myself permission and, and also I felt very supported and people were like, whatever you need to do. And so it was, you know, I get this diagnosis and then everything is just dropped and I'm in survival mode. So it's yeah. just whatever. And I I just kind of had tunnel vision and um, would it became easier to say no because no yeah. one really had expectations yeah. of me. No one's going to be mad at you. Right. It's exactly. like after Beefy's mom passed away, it was like she had this full year to act, be whatever, mm-hmm. however she wanted, mm-hmm. and nobody was upset about that. Mm-hmm. So I, I can imagine that that happens with a diagnosis yeah. too. And I, so I just, I got really selective too about um, just like listening to myself and thinking, what is it that I need right now? I was really drawn to certain people in my mm-hmm. diagnosis. I'm blessed to have a... a very large and extensive support system of mm-hmm. amazing friends and family. Mm-hmm. But there were people, yourself at the top of that list, that I was just drawn to that instinctively knew what I needed when I needed. Mm-hmm. I have, there were a couple of friends that I was drawn to because they make me laugh so mm-hmm. much. And that was, mm-hmm. I think, I think healing happens a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And that was, um, that was one example. I remember, um, in particular, it was over spring break and it was kind of towards the end of chemo. So I was, really like you know it's, it's a cumulative effect so I was feeling miserable and it was um the night before Easter and a group of our friends were getting together as families um that night and um a lot of times I would skip things and I really I felt mis- I felt awful physically but I there was also like I just kind of got really still and there was something I'm like I, I just knew that I needed to go and I, that night, this was you know, probably, it'll be two years ago, that night is still a fond memory mm. um, from that time in my life because we laughed so hard, like the kind that like you're almost about to pee your pants, tears are rolling down your face. And I and while I was exhausted and physically didn't feel well, I came home that night um, uh, emotionally, spiritually filled and, and that, that, there was healing in that. Yeah. So it's just like listening to that, like listening to my instincts. So in a lot of ways, your diagnosis kind of forced this space. Yes. That that we ordinarily would not have. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. in our daily to-do lists and going to bed feeling depleted at the end of each day, we go to bed feeling depleted by the wrong things a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. And so there's something about that, that space, not to mention that you're really called with the diagnosis, you're really called to look at what is important. Yes. What is sure. not important. So yes, there's a lot of sure. things that kind of naturally fall mm-hmm, off the list. Mm-hmm. But but that quiet time, how are you now that you know that that, that was such a blessing mm-hmm. of the awful parts, mm-hmm. um, but that that was a blessing, how are you creating now that you are well? Yes. Praise God, hallelujah. Yes. Now that you are well, how are you still kind of making sure that that space happens. So is it a challenge? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It is not self-care like most things. There's no end game. It's a constant work in progress. Mm -hmm. I'm like, and I don't even, I wouldn't call myself a, I see what you're saying and it's kind and I think there's truth in it, but to hear, I don't think, I don't view myself as an expert by any means. Mm. But um, I will say that I'm, so I tend to operate from a place of yes. My first instinct is to be like, sure, I'll do that. Sure, I'll do this. Sure, do that. Which makes, you know, I, and I, and and before my diagnosis, I always spent my time doing things that brought me tremendous joy. Mm -hmm. What happened when I had to drop everything, um, I became really intentional about what I picked back up again. And I didn't pick it all up at once. Some of it was because physically I wasn't able to. Some of it was mentally, emotionally, I wasn't able to. So I just got real quiet. And instead of, I, I still can operate from a place of yes, but I force myself to pause and say, I need, let me get back to you on that. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think about that. Um, thank you for, you know, um, I, I need to, I, I'm, and sometimes I will flat out say to someone, um, my instinct is to, you know, for it to be an automatic yes, but I'm, I'm learning to not do that and right. get back to you. Right. Um, so it, it's having healthy boundaries. Um, but the other thing that happened too, that was a real, um, kind of wake up call. So I was, I was doing things like I, I, I'm heavily invested in my children's school, doing a ton of activities there. I volunteered at children's hospital. Um, I, you know, I have my job, I, you know, lots of different activities. And so I was viewing my, how I was spending my time as, um, noble isn't the right word, but it, it was time well spent. It wasn't frivolous things, sure, yeah. 
But what I didn't realize until I had to drop all of those things was that there was a cost to that. And the cost was how it was negatively impacting my family life. Um, And what I realized was my household was a whole lot calmer when I wasn't so stretched so thin. And that that really resonated with me. I I remember commenting to my husband on that and his eyes kind of got real big. (laughs) He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I've noticed too. And he's so kind and always Uh so supportive of me of whatever it is I'm doing. But I I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know, but now I know. And I'm not willing to go back to that place. So even though... So I went back to volunteering at the hospital, which um, feeds my soul in a way mm-hmm. probably nothing else does. Mm-hmm. But when I went back, I said, you know, they typically ask you to do um, a, a commit to one shift a week for three hours. And I and at this point, I, I had been volunteering there for a couple of years. And I said, I would really love to come back, but I can't. I that's not realistic for me to be able to do that. And so I just had to set up um, a boundary and see. And I was I was prepared to walk and if that didn't work. And they were wonderful about it. And they've and I continued to check in with my supervisor. And she said, we will take you in whatever you're able yeah. to give. Mm-hmm. And so I feel at peace with that. So I went last week. I was only able to be there for mm-hmm. about an hour. And I I walked away and I'm like, that's fine. That's a healthy boundary. Mm-hmm. Awesome. It sounds so as I'm like listening to you talk, I'm like thinking of all the ways that I could be more aware of my desires. Like, what do I want? What do Mm -hmm. I, you know? And so there's, there's like this very keen awareness, which, and you mentioned that, like, not only are you a good listener to others, but you're a good listener to yourself. So, and it's hard because and when you're when you are a good listener, you can also hear things from culture, which says that, you know, I'm, I should be achieving. I Mm -hmm. should be, climbing i should be doing more i but i think a lot of times we're afraid to say no we're afraid yes. to say yes especially as women yes. especially as mothers yes yes yeah. well, i mean we spend our whole lives you know pouring ourselves out mm-hmm. and i think that a lot of times we can convince ourselves that what love if we're going to be loving you mm-hmm. know everybody wants to be loving of course we're called to it it's it's we think that it's giving mm-hmm. when what love actually is is an exchange yes Yes. And so a lot of time, you know, we need we need a giver and a receiver. And mm-hmm. so this was a time in your life where you were space was created. You're receiving so mm-hmm. much from other people. You have the quiet. And now all of a sudden with that natural space maker, you have an awareness of what your true desires are, mm-hmm. what's important, mm-hmm. what's not. And so I think that as you become a good listener to yourself, there are going to be things that empower you and kind of um, imprison another, <laughs> you know? So for example, um, and then vice versa, obviously. But for me, um, the thing that's on the to-do list that has been on the to-do list for three months, it might be good self-care to just cross that bad boy off. Yes. yes cross it yes, off. Get yes, rid of it. Yeah. Let it fall away. If it's been on there for three months, there's probably a reason you haven't done it. That's right. <laughs> or it might be good self-care to get that done. Yes. Yes. Yeah. To create yeah. time to get that done. So in a lot of ways, I, I feel like good self-care is kind of recognizing your stressors. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well said. And then it, when you can recognize your stressors, you can work against them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So self-care as women that just came up just now, how does being a mother, being a caregiver, how does that affect your self-care caring for others all the dang time? So I think it's easy to, to just pour yourself into your kids. But one of my fears is that I, someday altogether too soon, my children are going to be gone. They're going to be off at wherever they're going to be groomed. They are not going to be my be all and end all. And I refuse to be a mother who, when my kids are gone in college, married, whatever that looks like, that has lost my identity. Wakes up and says, says who, who am, am I? I? And is like trying to, doesn't, is lost because yeah. I have, because I haven't taken care of myself in those years. Right. Um, one, because that sounds terrifying. Like that's, that's a, it's a fear-based thing, but it's also, I don't want to set, set that example for my children. I can't, it's, it's again, it's a healthy boundary for me. I want mm-hmm. to, I want to raise strong kids, um, not physically strong per se, but just um, as, as, as people. And I want to set that example for them mm-hmm. because the truth is 
good self-care is what allows you to pour into other people sure yes. better you know yeah. i i yes. can only and so when people were pouring into me for so long over such an extended period of time there was a very um it wasn't like one day that it happened but i knew that i i was tapped out i had nothing to pour out into other people and i and i knew instinctively that i just i needed what people were giving to me and it's hard i had to i mean it was a mental process to be mm-hmm. able to just let people just to be on the receiving end. But like you said, it's an intimacy builder. Um, but then there became a point and I could tell that I was, it was a, a wellness thing, not not necessarily physically, that although that was a piece of it, but mentally, spiritually, emotionally, that I was able to pour back into other people. Yeah, right, exactly. And it was because I had hit my baseline again. Like yes. I was I was filled up. So And that's joy. I feel like yes. there is no greater joy than serving using your gifts. Yes. But you cannot pour out from this empty vessel. Yeah, so exactly. We fill, up, we fill ourselves up. Only we know the things that are going to do that, right. but it requires space to listen. I yes. mean, this is just all so good. Well, it's it's like, it's the whole airplane analogy. You have to put your mask on yourself before you do it, yes, you know, take care of, of somebody course. else. It's That's like, great. it is like, if you can take the emotion out of it and fr- on, on paper, like it, it makes sense. It's just implementing it yeah. can be tricky. Okay, let's wrap it up with like some, like just, bang in this bullet point um, of good self-care requires what? So, Ooh, okay. For me, it requires carving out um, quiet. Okay. I, I, I need the quiet. Um, it requires healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. It requires what Kristen said that I love, a comfortable no. Yes. Getting comfortable with a no. Yeah. Um, for me, it is, if it feels wrong, don't do it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love Jen Hatmaker says this. Can I swear? Um, if it's, if the answer is to what you're being asked to, if it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. Yeah. I love that. Very black and white. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, And we're not near as busy as her. Yes. I know. Right. Right. right, right, I'm like, I'm still, I'm still cheering for that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, okay. What's another one? Oh, um, If it doesn't feel right, like if it's, if I have a visceral response to it, then no, it's just a... Trusting your instincts. Yeah, yeah trusting, yes, trusting Thank you. Instincts. Yeah, but trusting yeah, your great. instincts. And if it's someone, and if it's, if someone's response to it is, um, you know, oh, that must be nice um, that you're, I don't know, say I'm going to get a pedicure, whatever it might look like. Okay. Um you know, that's that's about them. It's not about me. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's letting go of that. Well, that. That's maybe a second one then. Like understanding what you're responsible for and what yes, you're not. Yes, yes, yes. Um, um, this is a good one for me. And I've I've had it modeled for me. My girlfriends have, have taught me this, you being one of them, is to not talk bad about myself. Mm, like, yes. don't own that. That's not yeah. yours. Yes. Or don't talk that way about my friends. Yes, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah Surrounding yourself with people that are truly in your corner that are your cheerleaders like you like that is um your inner circle your inner core needs to be just amen all in your corner and that helps and saying i'm really struggling with taking care of myself right now and having for me having soulful conversations um i'm a i'm a processor i need i need that dialogue and that's helpful for me to remind me of who i am when i'm questioning that Mm, that's so good um anything we didn't cover that you want to get to before we close out before we Sign off. Um, I think, and this kind of ties into what your the your latest podcast with the um, turning forty. I think with age comes wisdom, and you you give yourself more permission to say no to. And I think you guys you start to care a little bit less, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's it, there's something really freeing about that with age yeah. and yeah. life experience that mm-hmm. it um, you get more okay with saying no, taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for me, it's a bottom line of just remembering that. Um, taking care of myself allows me to love my family better, to yes. do everything better. The things that's that I care yes, about most. Yes, exactly. So first yeah, it's first. a it's a win win. That's the bottom it's line. It's a win win. It's a win win. Oh, Andrea, you're just one of my very favorite friends. I just could not do life without you. Oh, ditto. Like you're just. We are in the trenches. We are like in the valleys. We're in not like it is. You are my whole so heart. Much. I think love you're you. one of the sanest people in my life too, <laughs> which is just really great. 
when I'm spiraling yeah, yeah, out of yes, control. Ditto. Like it is, we have, <laughs> we have a good thing going and it's, um, you are such a blessing. I love you, sister. I love you. Hey, Andrea. Hey, Allison. So um, we just did a whole episode about self-care. Yeah. And you are a trained counselor and one of the best listeners I know. (laughs) And I left out the most obvious. (laughs) As we were going through our very deep, soulful, fulfilling conversation, you forgot to mention something. Um, A great therapist is a game changer. Game changer. (laughs) Yeah. And I, you know, I'm, um, I really don't. And it's not a judgment thing for me. It's just more, it's it's baffling to me. Like, I don't I don't understand how people go through really hard times and get through healthy on the other side without the help yeah. of someone. Like, that, it has changed my life without yeah. a question of that. I had, and I've had different ones at different points in my life. Sure. I don't, I'm not a therapy junkie, but I, I know when I need it. Yeah. And I knew, um, you know, in my diagnosis that I needed it. And the therapist I have now and still see from time to time mm-hmm changed my life like I could not have gotten through that process um without that dialogue of that that she helped me process all of that in a really healthy way which was important to me well I'll tell you and you know this you've seen me through all these stages but I was one of those people yeah I remember that yeah it made me a little iffy about you when we first met I'm not gonna lie I mean that's fair (laughs) well by the way like why was I espousing all these opinions when you're a counselor like what the heck so rude but anyways but I was one of those people that was like I have good friends for that like I don't don't get it but you know what happened our Seth and I had a really tough year of marriage Mm -hmm. we had a really first uh, rough first year of marriage and what I needed was somebody that didn't love me Mm, to shed yes, light into yes. this because everyone was so invested. Yeah. But I really needed a third party to say, no, this isn't okay. Right. Or, you know, we need to rethink about this. Right. It was transformative. Yes. And then I learned the value of somebody speaking into my life that, that on a heart level didn't really care what I, ch- I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. We're all people they and we're connected to you. each other. Yeah. They weren't invested in yes. me making a right choice, but they were able to look at something objectively. And, and I feel like there's an element of friendship where it's like, um, I, I, I talk to you and you have to listen. And then you talk to me and I have to, there's an exchange <laughs> right, right, because right, we right. love each other. Love is an exchange. There was something about a therapist where it's like, you don't get a turn. You yes, know, like, yeah, yeah. This is all about me. This yeah, is all yes, about me. For sure. You never have that. Yes. I mean, that's an unusual relationship, but it's a really interesting one. Yes, it is. And so, um, and for me, it was, I, I mean, I the process itself was working through, you know, I would just come in and I'd be like, why? And she would help me make sense of it. So there was that element, which was hugely cathartic, but it was also, she was able to explain things to me because there were times that I felt a little crazy about my response to things. And she, and she was able to explain that it was, no, that's a biological, mm. you're, you're doing that. That, that is um, brain-based. Like that's not you being mm. crazy. Mm. You're, you know, you've been through a trauma you um, and was able to very concretely explain to me why I was that's responding. Really cool. And that was, yeah. there was so much healing in that. Well, it gave me, yes, there's freedom in it. And yeah. it was like, okay, I'm not crazy. No, this is, this is a thing. Yeah. It's not just me. This, right, is, right, this right. is a like proven human. thing. Yes, it's human. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, you know, I feel like in therapy, if they kind of, you know, a lot of times it's kind of, it's groundwork. Like they'll kind of take us back to maybe wounded places mm-hmm. that may, maybe cause this or that. And I feel like that's so informational. Right. But then I feel like that you and me, this connection, this is where pouring life into one another happens. Yes. So therapy should never take the place of good friendship. Oh and gosh, good friendship no. should never take no. the place of good therapy. No. But together they work together yes. for this whole picture and this whole healing. Yes, for sure. It takes the village, man. Yes. Amen. All right, love it. And now a word from our sponsors, Miles of Grace Realty. Are you buying a home, selling your home, or investing in real estate? Jenny Murphy with Miles of Grace Realty does more than get the job done for a great price. With her experience, attention to detail, and genuine passion for helping others, you will see that Miles of Grace Realty really does go the extra mile. Here's a review from a pleased client. 
We cannot say enough good things about Jenny Murphy at Miles of Grace. She was literally an answer to our prayers. She led us through the complicated maze that is real estate and even prayed with us along the way. She has been such a blessing to our family and we would recommend her services to anyone. That's Miles of Grace Realty, 979-229-5541, www.milesofgracerealty.com. And Empower Fitness. Empower Fitness is a functional fitness gym that teaches people how to move properly and encourages and inspires and motivates its members to reach any goal they set their minds to. Exciting classes in a supportive environment. You can even come and do yoga with yours truly. Check out their website at www.empowerfitness.org for more information. My best friend and I certainly don't have all the answers, but that's never stopped us when it comes to matters of the heart from trying to comprehend, evaluate, analyze, apply, and synthesize. Wait, is that Bloom's taxonomy? I knew we were onto something. This is me, my best friend Kristen, and your questions. Hi, Beefy. Hi, Beefy Beef. This episode is about self-care. I just had a great conversation with Andrea. Um, I think self-care is important. Yes. <laughs> um, we all so bad at it. Yes, that's true. Um, especially, particularly motherhood in particular. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that there was a lot I could have been doing as a young person just to make some good habits um, that would be serving me well now mm-hmm. if I would have been practicing them all along. But as a mother, it like, and now it's a necessity. Yes. <laughs> as a young person, it might have been this kind of like um, fashionable thing to do, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> but now it's a total necessity. So how do you know, Beefy, that you need a little time to yourself? What are your indicators? Um, I just get real, real angry and find myself <laughs> wanting to punch really nice people in the face, like yeah. at the grocery store. You know, when you're just like, I cannot believe how, I wish I could think of a tangible example right now, but I cannot believe... Um, that I'm so mad at that person mm-hmm. yeah, for something that yesterday I would have thought was kind of just an interesting quirk. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I want to punch people in the face and then I want to cry about it. Mm. I, don't, I don't get to the remote. You don't <laughs> <laughs> That's so nice of you. <laughs> um, my indicator is that I, it, it's a restlessness mm-hmm. and it, it can include punching, <laughs> but there's a restlessness where it feels like there is a cat oh, clawing yeah, yeah. to get out. Uh-huh. Okay. So how do you soothe it? What are your, okay, wait, I just thought about another one. Um, yeah. I know that I'm super stressed out when I withhold the prayers from the children at bedtime. <laughs> I'm like, mommy is tired. We will not pray. We will not sing. Good night. <laughs> No press for you. Sometimes that lets me know that perhaps I should take a moment (laughs) and don't let the people encounter the Lord. You are not alone. (laughs) So I just started exercising for the first time in my life Mm -hmm. um, at 40 years old, and um, I'm not doing it to lose weight or to look good. I'm doing it to feel good. And um, it was about that. I I know, right? It's um, a totally new concept on all levels for me, but it is something I can go and do and push myself on and complete and check that box when I get back in my car. And mm-hmm. that has been really powerful. And yeah. I kind of feel bad saying that because some people exercise is not their thing and don't do it and sit on the couch if that is your thing for self-care. Yeah. I'm just saying for me right now, it's working. Yeah. Although I think you would have been, you would have defined yourself as one of those people that wanted to sit on the couch and watch Real Housewives. Yeah. Yeah. But exercise, teen mom, teen moms. <laughs> but exercise is working. Yes. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to dismiss that too quickly. Right. That's good. I believe in it. Okay. What about you? Um, I need to go be alone. Mm-hmm. I am an introvert, raising not only a big family, but raising a big family of extroverts. Wow. These people are extroverts, it's, it's and exhausting. so yeah, they want to touch and they want to <laughs> hang and they want to. I'm being a jerk now. But the point is, <laughs> you need some self-care. <laughs> it's a lot. Yes. It's a lot. Yes. And so I need to go. I need to be alone. I want to read. I want to write. Mm-hmm. I want quiet. Mm-hmm. Anytime that I have like completely lost my cool, it's because things got too loud in my house. Right. And so I end up yelling at the top mm-hmm. of my lungs. Perfect. Quit yelling! Perfect. <laughs> um, one thing that we have recently started doing that I think is 
amazing is that we've started a beefy shopping day. Um, neither one of us are total shoppers. Do you just like go shop to shop? Um, no. I mean, you I, don't I mean, hate I, going to shop. No, I, I hate no, to I shop. like shopping. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm not a shopper. Um, but we decided that soon after Thanksgiving, we would have a shopping day. And so not only do we have a shopping day, but we have a hotel to go with that shopping day. And so we checked ourselves into a hotel, and then we shopped all day long, and then we came back to the hotel and wrapped presents and drank champagne and... Um, that was self-care for me because it's a busy time of the year, right? And it was like, this is the day where I'm going to go get things done and feel productive, but I'm going to do it with my best friend and be filling up while I'm doing it. Um, and I know that there's a party and I know that there's a kid thing, but husband, this is going to be my day with my beef and I need it to be protected. And it was our first annual one this year, but, um, I know that we'll continue it because it was very, and it was the perfect time of year because it's so crazy. It was like, we got all filled up and then we're able to take on the holidays. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. Mm -hmm. Um, so here's the question. She says, I go to bed feeling like I didn't accomplish enough in my day. Is there any, yeah, is there any way to feel more productive yet joyful at the same time? Um, that's, that's, that's a complicated question. Um, my first instinct is an all caps do less, Mm. do less, cross things off. I feel like it's become like this um people ask us how we are and we say busy with a small degree of pride yes absolutely it's like we live in a culture that wants you to ascend 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 do more and more and more do less i say um what's your prayer that you say every morning you're like here i am send me here i am send me so here's what i like about that i try to say i'm going to do that all the time but i don't um I think that if we wake up and say, here I am, send me, and we're open to that all day long, then at the end of the day, we can have peace in knowing that we were just open to Mm -hmm. what he wanted us to do that day. Because there will never be a day where we get in bed and we think, I accomplished everything today. I made all the people happy. (laughs) I did everything that I was supposed to do on my list. And now I will sleep knowing that I have accomplished it all. It's just not who we are. Right. Um, so I think redefining our, um, our to-do list and if it's just being obedient and open, um, and trusting that the Lord put in front of you, what was supposed to be put in front of you, right? Not your list. Yeah. Okay. So your list, not your list, but his and crossing a lot of things off. Not his list. <laughs> Crossing a lot of things. Because the thing is, we're going to go to bed depleted. It should be depleted on the right things. Absolutely. Amen. Love you, beef. Moochie poochie. Lubella is my friend from junior high. She won every science fair there ever was. We lost touch for a while until Facebook intervened. And now that we're reunited... It is all my pleasure to log on and see Lubelle win the internet day after day. Yesterday morning, I went to my last Weight Watchers meeting of the year. During my weigh-in, I discovered I weighed the exact same I did on my weigh-in on December 31st, 2016. To the ounce. The exact same thing. Hashtag, you've got to be kidding me. For reasons unknown that I might blame on my 40-year-old hormones, only one cup of coffee during the Christmas break, and perhaps I was just hangry, I started to tear up. Don't you dare cry, Lubel, in front of all these people. There is no one else to blame but you. I almost left and went straight to Shipley's. Then my Weight Watchers friend Carla came up to me and sat down. You gain, she asked. I explained to her the situation. My frustrations that even after all those damn miles I ran, I did in fact gain a decent amount of weight in 2017 that just leveled it off with spurts of crazy exercise. What a waste, I said. Carla then threw back a Lubell line straight to my face and said, You cray. What else did you gain this year, she asked. We sat there for a bit, reminiscing about the year, laughing that our stomachs were growling. At the end, I hugged Carla, 
thanked her, and we promised that it was onward and upward in 2018, and we went on our way. As naive and somewhat silly as it sounds, Carla and I spoke about how I gained a lot. I gained friends. I regained old friends I had lost touch with. I gained new colleagues who became family. My Cruz Latiquin Gaelic family also grew, and my love for all of them must weigh at least a ton. The pounds lost during running, hiking, boot camp, and hip-hop class were all gained back in sacred Friday night date nights at Prego with a husband who loves me and my chipmunk cheeks, cupcakes in my Sterling Associates office, celebrating and laughing with my work sisters, Dunlavy breakfasts and the quest for the greatest burger in Houston with best friends, beer and chili cheering on my beloved Astros, and countless glasses of wine shared over tears of joy, Harvey's stress, and lost loved ones. I didn't lose an ounce of weight this year, but I wouldn't have traded a pound if it meant giving up coffee, chocolate chip cookie, margaritas, or a laugh with any of you. Happy, happy last day of 2017, friends. Let's go out and do this again soon. From the book of Hebrews, continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. I teach at the women's prison in my neighborhood where week after week I learn that they are just like me and I am just like them. In my formal life, I thought that peace and quiet went together. Isn't that what all the white women on TV wanted? In this life, the quiet is plentiful, but peace is hard to come by. Yeah, there's plenty of silence around here, but I sometimes avoid it because that's when the regret I can't outrun comes. Regret, regret, regret running after me. If I try to stay busy, I can keep regret at bay, but I feel it. There, behind me, never far, threatening. But on a good day, a really good day, I can be still and let regret catch up with me and then let it pass me on by. That's where the real peace happens. I've found I have to encounter it first before it will let go. Sunshine helps. Breathing helps. Birds help. Their simple song meets my mixed up heart and I breathe deep. And I know that the terrible scenarios my mind can conjure up are not real. But that simple song is. And in that space, I become me, my own heartbeat, me, and peace and quiet meet after all. Amazing Dear God, we might be feeling discouraged or empty but you alone bring hope and satisfaction. Help us to open up communication, God, so that we might hear from you. Refresh and gladden our spirits. Help us to lay all our affairs in your hands, our guide and refuge. Anoint us with strength so that we take the necessary steps to love well, knowing that if our love does not extend to ourselves, then it is incomplete. Thank you for your greatest gift, the example of Jesus, who perfectly nurtured his relationship with you, oftentimes retreating into solitude and silence to do it well. Remind us, God, that we are a creation that you called good. Help us to take care of what you made. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That grace appear the hour I first believed. And for this episode, a special thank you to Chan Redfield for music, Kelly Mullins, Andrea Pushkar, Miles of Grace Realty, Empower Fitness, Kristen Kelly, Lubel Cruz Gaelic, Miranda Walachowski, and Pamela Anthony Cutright. Email us your questions at sinnersaintsister at gmail.com. Keep in touch on Facebook at Allison M. Sullivan and Instagram and Twitter at Allison M. Sully. And be sure to catch the mini episode for extras.